Hello and welcome to the Research and Innovation podcast. I'm Hannah Collis, I'm a researcher in occupational and organisational psychology at Leeds University Business School. I'm currently working on the Adapting Offices for the Future of Work Research Project, which is exploring the adaptations made to offices during the pandemic to facilitate working and what changes are being made to offices as we transition back into the office after the pandemic. Today, I'm joined by Anthony Hilton, who is an ergonomic specialist, a workstation assessor and physiotherapist. Hello, Anthony. Hi, Anna. Hi. So first up, um, can you just give us a brief insight into some of the work that you do and why it's important to consider ergonomics in the workplace, especially when organisations are considering office relocations or redesigning spaces? Yeah, thanks, Anna. Um, So as you mentioned, I am a physiotherapist. Um, For the last 20 years, I've been treating lots of musculoskeletal problems, aches, pains, necks, backs, arms, the the like, and much of which are, of course, work-associated. So your um, neck pain and back pain can be very prevalent, particularly in the office environment where people are seated for for long periods. Um, So I've treating those conditions and over the last 10 years I've also been working as an ergonomics advisor for various companies Um, and primarily my role tends to be uh, where somebody has specific issues that um, the organization can't deal with themselves they don't necessarily have the the relevant expertise they'll call me in to um, do a ergonomic assessment of their of their workplace so I'll talk to the member of staff um, explore the issues that they're having and then make recommendations apart from having a conversation with the individual about how they're managing their problem themselves. I'll also then go back to the organization and give them advice about how they can support the employer with both work processes and, and of course, equipment. So that's the, the, the main role uh, of mine within ergonomics, but also uh, I act as an advisor as well. So if companies are, for example, looking to buy new chairs, um, they might ask me to come in and help them to decide on what kind of chairs and, uh, and that decision-making that making process along with, of course, other stakeholders like the architects and designers that tend to get the, the last word, unfortunately. Um, so ergonomics, so in terms of ergonomics, what we, we're thinking about is it, people think about a chair, of course. They think about an ergonomic mouse, I think, et cetera. But ergonomics, of course, incorporates everything associated with the fit between a person and their work. Um, so when we're thinking about ergonomics, we, we're talking about, and one of the one of the, the adjustments that I've made previously in the past is, um, can this person work from home for some of the time? Because maybe their issue is that the, the commute, getting into work, or maybe it's to do with, um, I can't focus when I'm in the office and, and I'm having struggle, struggling with my productivity. So often, interestingly, um, I would recommend people work from home. And now, of course, people are doing that as a, as a standard, which is, which is great. And it's been a great experiment, I think, for employers and employees alike. Um, but typically, when we think about ergonomics, we're thinking about um, how individuals uh, mesh with their, their working environment. And that can include everything from temperature. I'm sure you're aware of the gender discrepancies when it comes to temp- temperature uh, comfortability. Um, but also, of course, the, the number one thing we think about is, is our body anthropometrics, isn't it? Our dimensions, whether, whether you're kind of five foot one or below, which is in the the bottom fifth percentile or, or six foot or six foot four and above which is the top fifth percentile which is which is where i am and, and it's kind of thinking do we have equipment do we have chairs and etc and that can meet both needs in terms of body dimension so that tends to be what we think about primarily when it comes to ergonomics and when companies are redesigning and looking at perhaps they're looking at uh, different desks or chairs whatever it is or spaces and um, they need to be thinking about all the, the variety of, of requirements that their, their employees have Fantastic. Thank you for that. And I think you're right, as someone who is the lower end of that um, percentile, those quarters, um, quartiles, um, I am 
yes <laughs> often my feet do not touch the floor as a someone who is five foot one so yeah. I think that is something that we really need to consider um yeah so obviously you kind of mentioned this but as people are working from home during the pandemic have you seen any sort of patterns or trends in regards to consequences for maybe general health um and well-being yeah so I mean obviously working from home it's initially people were thrust into this place right and, and some people have had experience of that already which is great and, and they tend to have fared well in the earlier stages than the people that are just put into this situation um, without any kind of experience of it and I think the two main issues to think about there's the postural challenges associated with working from home in other words um, do I have a chair that supports my posture in, in, a, in a neutral position do I have uh, a screen I can bring up to the correct height so I'm not leaning over my laptop so there's the very and that, that depends on um, a number of factors such as do you have a space at home that you can dedicate to work do you have um, do you have other people in the workspace that are also using the space you've got other people using the wi-fi um, can you afford to buy equipment a, a laptop stand a chair etc so the various um, factors which will depend on whether or not we can deal with these postural challenges um, the other thing which i think is almost more important is how people have dealt with this work life balance will or merge if you like we've kind of now we work and we live in in the same space um and i think that's been particularly challenging for for a lot of people especially where some people they've, they've had to work in their bedrooms and and so they work they've got a corner of this kind of sacred space isn't it your bedroom it's, it's a, you've got your pillows and your, and your decor is really important and now you've got this work area stuck in the corner um and so i think it's really work has really infiltrated the office space and how people have dealt with that it's, it's been really interesting to see how people have managed it. and some of them really well um i think the, it's, it's almost like um when the pandemic's come you see people go two different ways, haven't you? You've seen people that have kind of hibernated more, been less active, maybe made more uh, poor food choices and then put on those COVID pounds that people talk about. And you've got other people that have gone the other way and become more active and started doing more activity and going out and uh, running club that increases their membership or doubled their membership from last summer to now. So I think it depends how you've approached work from home and how well you've managed that work-life balance has made a, a massive difference in, in terms of how well people, uh, how, how people's health has been affected by um, working from home so uh, how well I've dealt with postural challenges and how well they've kind of because I think you can you can look at it like um, I've, I've got to be at work from nine to five it was what some people have done they said actually I'm going to spread my working day I usually leave my house at seven my commute and I get home at six so actually I've got a, a you know, 11 hour window do I have to do eight consecutive hours or can I have two hour lunch break and go for a run and take the dog for a walk or do this? And those people that have managed to navigate that best and had this flexibility to do that within their role are the ones that have, have seemed to have fared better, I think, from home working. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think you mentioned, obviously, it's not only their control of their own job for example they if they can control their own working hours but then yeah. what they do with those hours as well Absolutely. um i think that's really interesting so now as we're sort of thinking about that transition back to the office so people may be not working from home they might not then have the kind of flexibility mm -hmm. um but also we're seeing especially in the news that um organizations are wanting people back um to collaborate and to mm. have in-person meetings with fewer fixed desks, for example, and more breakout rooms. Yeah. Do you have any insights or kind of concerns about this from that kind of ergonomic perspective? Yeah, I, I mean, you're absolutely right. And the, my clients have, have come to me and, and the majority of them have said, you know, we're going to adopt this hybrid 
situation where some people are going to be at home and some people are going to be working home at any, any given time. I mean, what's been fascinating is that everyone wants Monday and Fridays off, right? So that, and that, that's a challenge that companies are going to have to face is how do we get people in on a Monday and Friday? Because if, we, if we're doing this 50-50, um, people tend to come in Tuesday to Thursday. So that's going to be a challenge. Um, some, some companies are putting in booking systems, so you have to book in. Um, before you, you come into the office. But in terms of coming into the workplace um, and presumably having less desks now, right, than they have than they had before because they're redesigning spaces, they're expecting less people in any given time. So companies are just kind of either where they've been on two floors, they may be coming down to one floor and they may be having more collaborative spaces, um, maybe some, some pods for video meetings. So now they have less of the standard desks available um, for any given number of staff. And so, of course, that means that people are going to be sharing the same desks. And fortunately, hot desks or shared workspaces have been a trend for a long time now, for, for many years, where, where companies have decided it's more efficient, more cost effective um, to share workspaces than it is for, for each individual to have a workspace. Workspace. And so we've got some experience of that. And some of the things that we've, we've noticed are um, people do well, companies do well when they make everything uniform so that people aren't rushing to get the best desk with the best chairs and the best screens and the one next to the window, etc. So it's trying to um, have some parity when it comes to the, the, the equipment that's available for individuals. Um, the other thing about uh, shared workspaces is making sure that everything has got a, a standard height for the desk so a, a 74 centimeter desk which allows for you to accommodate about 90 percent of your work population assuming that people are kind of below six foot four once you get over six foot four it's slightly different um, but making sure that things like footrests are available for people that are uh, more shorter <laughs> um, and, and and having a, one of the biggest things i think is having a chair that's fully adjustable of course but also having screens that are adjustable in height um, one of the one of the issues that I found a lot with hot desking is that the screens just weren't in, adjustable enough, so people having to stack them up with reams of paper um, or trying to find uh, monitorizing the things, and and that seems to be one of the biggest because the chair it's naturally got lots of levers on it that you can make adjustments to, but the screen obviously often isn't as adjustable. So I think making sure the screens are fully adjustable, making sure there's good and consistency across the equipment available, and obviously a large range of adjustability as much as possible is is really the key. Yeah, I think that's great, and I, I've definitely had experiences as someone who is shorter, who the screens are way too high for me because I can't adjust them. So I think it's interesting if we are going into this hot desk in space, we need to make sure that even though desks and spaces are equal, at least they are adjustable enough to each individual. And I think the kind of differences in in employees is sort of overlooked a little bit in some of these redesigned spaces, focusing more on... I think so. And and the other thing to just to add to that, Anna, is, is what if I turn up to work for a meeting and there are no desks? Um, what are the collaborative spaces? Are they can they be adjusted to to allow me to go and work on there, for example? So let's say I have a, a sofa area with a chair. Is there somewhere I can grab a laptop stand and a separate keyboard and mouse, so then I can set myself up at this kind of non um, I, maybe not an ideal space, but somewhere I can at least work for a few hours without? Because otherwise, I've made this hour commute or two hour commute, whatever it might be, gone to a meeting, and now I've got a go home or, or find somewhere else to work. And, and and often, I guess, people will end up in coffee shops and things, which is not ideal either. Um, so if, if there are a desk available, is there a backup plan? I think that's something that companies probably should consider from an ergonomics perspective. That's really interesting. And that's not something that's really been discussed in the news or any other of the research. So I think that is, yeah, 
a really interesting perspective on that. So I think we're sort of coming to the end of, of this um, this podcast now, but I want to just ask what, given like the things that you've experienced with your clients as well um, during the pandemic, what would be your top things that need to be considered as we return? What are your top well, tips, should we say? Top tips, indeed. Um, well, I think from an employer's perspective, we've already touched on and that allowing that flexibility. How flexible can you be um, with your staff? I, mean, I listened to some of your other podcasts that you've put out there and one of the themes that came out was that flexibility of employers and talking to your employees and getting feedback from them and yeah that is really key it's kind of looking at the job roles looking at individuals seeing how people have coped with homework and talking to line managers and and and, and such and seeing who who works better from home so where some companies are saying okay we're going to have a 50 50 so three days in the office or two days from home or vice versa maybe some employees would benefit from more than being in the office more and some and some less so it's not having a one-size-fits-all approach but actually being a bit more flexible around home working um and, and also in terms of working hours, as I mentioned before, do I have to cram everything into this kind of standard nine to five day or can I have some flexibility around that so that I can manage school runs and dog walking and exercise and everything else that contributes to my own individual well-being and health, um, which is which is really important. And from an employee's perspective, it's really just taking advantage of that if you do have that flexibility. Um, are you doing the right things? There's the triumvirate of, of health, if you like, your, your, your mental health, your nutrition and your exercise. Are you getting exercise? Are you eating the right things? We all, it's, it's, you know, nutrition is very individual, but there are some basic principles in terms of um, cutting down on sugary snacks and less caffeine and eating fruit and veg, etc. These things are just uh, pretty um, obvious. So it's just trying to f- apply some of those things into your life. And then um, your mental health, are you, are you taking time off? Um, are, if you, are you, are you ex- ex- managing stress well, um, which is something that is a big, a big thing nowadays, particularly as COVID still just drags on and on. Um, it's, you see, we start to wear people down and are, how are you managing that? And are you finding time in the day to do things uh, to deal with that, whether it be a yoga session or um, some meditation or something like that, or just spending time outdoors, um, which we know is really good for your mental health. So it's just, um, as I say, take advantage of that as, as individuals. And just from the last, I guess, the last tip, if you like, from a um, from an ergonomics perspective, purely thinking about your postural challenges and workstation setup, I think the number one thing you can do is just to make sure your screen is at the right height. If you think about our postural adaptations, I could adapt a, a, an office, a, a dining chair fairly well. Um, I can put cushions. I can raise it up. I can do lots of things. But one thing I, I have, and, and I can therefore get a reasonably neutral posture, but one thing that um, is going to impact that is if my screen is kind of on the desk level. And so I, I'm always in this forward leaning posture um, with your head forward. Uh, I call it the Gollum posture, you know, Lord of the Rings, where <laughs> <laughs> that position, because you're really hunched over and leaning forwards and, and that will impact your your spine and your head and your, and your, and your neck more than anything else. So try and get your screen up as, as, as and to eye. So the top of the screen is at eye level. Um, use separate mouse and keyboard to then operate your screen um, and yeah, get out, get active. Um, that's the best things you can do. Fantastic. Well, those are some great tips. So I hope people do take them into account both individually, personally, and also as we're transitioning back to the office as well. Um, So thank you very much. If um, any of you listeners would like to find out more about our Adapting Offices research project, all details and a link to our project webpage can be found in the podcast show notes. Thank you.